in a world where literature is dominated by dusty leather-bound books with no pictures. Three men dare to venture to their local comic shop to approach the counter and utter those three magic words. Make mine paperback. Welcome in and welcome back to Make My Paperback. It's a podcast about comic books. I'm Graham the Silver Age Sage Giles. Oh, I liked that. That was that was uh, it rolled up my tongue nicely. Sound I'm nice, ruining yeah. it now, but I think we should that all really come good, in together yeah. and just appreciate that. <laughs> that, that was really Joining good. me today, as you've heard their voices already, our master of Marvel, that's Alex Shear. And our DC daddy, Stephen Shear. Today we're continuing our theme for the month of December. It's Silver Age comics in the city, and uh, well, we didn't wow, sing it this to, time. We did not sing it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. I've been really getting I was into the. Stephen um, to sing it actually, because we've both done it. Stephen hasn't sang it yet. I've been really getting into the um, what do they call it? The, the hippity here. hop, the hippity, the hippity hop music, and so I, I, I'm not doing a lot of a uh, lot of singing recently. It's more of a more of a, a recitation of of uh, urban poetry. Oh, um, I like that. Yeah, that's what I. Uh, that's what all yeah, <laughs> all kids are into these days. Yeah. Urban poetry. Yeah, yeah that's what I've poetry, heard. Yeah. So speaking of bringing the kids in. We are uh, we're talking about Silver Age comics this week. We have Stephen's book on the theme. Stephen, what'd you bring us this week? <laughs> uh, this week, I am going to bring us The Brave and the Bold, number 25, uh, written by Bob Kaniger, with art by Ross Andrew and color by Mike Esposito. Uh, and so The Brave and the Bold, number 25, is three waves of doom featuring the first appearance of Suicide Squad. When a mysterious wave emitting an ungodly amount of heat heads towards the shore, the military is all out of options. So they decide to bring in a new team to handle the situation, the Suicide Squad. But before we get to that, read. What did you read this week, Alex? I'll be honest, guys. I didn't get too much reading done. Uh, I read the book that we have for next week that we'll kind of discuss at the end of the end of the show this week. But I really didn't get much done. Um, just this was a pretty crazy week for me with work stuff, with <clears throat> traveling. So fortunately, all I really got read was our book that's for this coming week. And the book that we obviously read today. So I apologize, guys. I am the failure for this week. Hey, that's two whole comics. And, uh, you know, for you, those are the first whole comics you've ever read. So that's, uh, that's super impressive. I didn't read the cover, so don't give me too much credit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I read them to cover to cover, but the wrong way. I never actually opened the cover. I just went around the spine. Um, <laughs> that being said. Are you making fun of this... how I read uh, manga again? I'm always making fun of how you're in manga. I don't know how you were like, you know how you should read it from the bottom to the top. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, Graham, what did you read this week? You jackass. <laughs> nice. Uh, this week I uh, check, checked out. Yeah, that's right. I checked out. <laughs> Can't think of words. Yeah. Yeah. This week I, uh, I checked out the, um, the Nightwing annual that, that came out uh, actually a, a few weeks ago. Um, I just, I just hadn't gotten around to reading it. Um, and the, it was pretty good. That's there's, you know, like, like a lot of annuals, there's a few stories in it. And, um, the first one kind of talks to us about our, uh, our ongoing villain who seems like he's going to be the next big bad in that book. Um, and then we get a story about Nightwing's dog, which is kind of fun. So, uh, yeah, fun little annual. And then a uh, big one that I read was the, the finale of do a power bomb, which is Daniel Warren Johnson. And um, just, I, I don't know if you guys have read that, but the, um, it's on my it, list, but the book, the book it, yeah. really, really great. If you're at all into professional <laughs> wrestling, you'll dig it. I'm not into professional wrestling and I still dug it. Um, just a really cool book and, uh, and a, a really cool book that's made even cooler by the, the last two issues. So I recommend sticking with it all the way through just a great little run on my list of, of best books of 2022. And then um, I finally I finally got back into Invincible, so I'm, I'm working my way through that now. Oh yeah, what, what issue what issue are you on of Invincible? I am I'm so close. I've been reading through the trades and I'm on trade 23. So I think there's I think there's 25 trades. I, uh, I'm in the middle of trade 23 right now. Yeah, you beat me. I said I was going to read all the way through that and I'm at issue. I'm exactly halfway. I think there's 
like 144 issues or something and i'm on seven yeah. i finished 72 i finished halfway and i'm like i i have to <laughs> like i have to take a break like it's <laughs> so good but i'm just like there's this is a lot more reading than i was <laughs> prepared yeah. for so it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot well, it's kind of fun. We're doing like like the fits and starts thing. Like I I read it and then I stopped and then you read it and got way ahead of me. Now I'm way ahead of you. That's yeah. just the uh, that's the dream. It is a dream, yeah. Yeah, and I'm following it's you. It's not a race, just... guys. I just want to be clear. It's not a race. So oh, we can finish at the same time. It's absolutely a race. I totally judge my life if I can read more comics before Graham. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Hey, there you I mean. <laughs> but no, I am gonna check out that at least series you recommended. I haven't been uh, too disappointed in any of your recommendations, so. Yeah, Doer Powerbomb, great. Um, just like seven issues. So um, just a, a really fun book and uh, and, and, a, and a pretty quick read. Um, I think Daniel Warren Johnson, he just he he does such a great job of taking comics and taking them without taking away the depth of the book. He takes them back to where they're supposed to be, which is it's fun. It's supposed to be fun to read comics. If you're not having fun. Why are you reading them? Because you you do a comic podcast. That's why. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's so, a- Stephen. No. Uh, <laughs> so, Stephen, what'd you read this week? Uh, this week, I just uh, got caught up on a couple of my polls. I like to kind of let issues accumulate for the full story arc. So then I don't have to like constantly remember what I read before. So I got caught up on some of those. Um, I mean, I got, I mean, Harley Quinn. So, of course, I'm reading those. And then, uh, what else did I read this week? Oh, I read some more Trailer Park Boys. Um, those are just, I don't know, like you just said, comics are supposed to be fun, and <laughs> those ones are just goofy, and they make me laugh, so it's just a good time. Yeah, um, you gotta love it. You gotta yeah. love it. Yeah, I uh, and then, yeah, so I just kind of read some of my polls. Um, yeah, let's see what's, what's happening. Um, yeah, so in this... Uh, in this particular issue, I'm getting caught up with Harley. They have they killed her and they gave her the Lazarus Pit treatment. That just seems to be like something that happens to pretty much everybody in Gotham at some point. And That's so, right. yeah, Lazarus Pit ever, is still cool. You've ever stepped I, into Gotham City? You probably ended up in the Lazarus Pit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like a rite of passage at this point. I'm like, oh well, here we go again. So I like the. I think the writer's <laughs> been doing a really good job this series, but I don't know how I feel about the. Again, I don't know how I feel about the Lazarus Pit, though. Like having going down that path, I don't know. It just kind of. <laughs> well, so I I, I want to kind of touch on the Lazarus Pit. Like, I think that's one of the coolest things that DC does, is the Lazarus Pit. Do I think it's overused? Hundred percent. But I think it's a really cool thing that they that they incorporate in the comics. So I I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, it is cool. Like I think it's, I think it's really interesting, especially all the stuff with Rajah Ghoul. But to me, it's yeah. just. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how it turns out. It's just, you know, it's because like whenever they go through the Lazarus pit and then they come out a little different and then they have to like, come back to normal again. So we'll see how this goes. Um, but yeah, so that's what I read. I was just getting caught up on some things and not trying to start a new a new story. Yeah. Still, sounds like fun. Yeah. Speaking of fun, do you guys want to join a secret government, you know, organizational task force with me and maybe eventually be led by amanda waller what do you think i think that sounds pretty excited uh, i only turn it on if the missions are extremely dangerous and like about a zero percent chance of survival it's my only <laughs> no it needs to be like it needs to be zero percent chance. i want like, yeah i don't like point we just defy the odds yeah, yeah it needs to be you zero. mean you, you saying going in it would it would just be a suicide mission that's what you're saying yeah pretty much yeah i think that's the only way I would for the squad yeah, yeah, yeah i think that'd be appropriate <laughs> yeah if i was with the squad right, we take our like squad and we would tackle suicide missions yeah right yeah i, yeah, I, <laughs> so, I like the idea yeah so, so squad for we, we would call ourselves squad for suicide missions so so before yeah, we even that works <laughs> so as we get started you know that, that was really funny um was, that was a great segue into uh into our, our to our title, which is the Suicide Squad. And what I wanted to say before I forgot um, is that to me, it's funny that the Comics Code Authority even let this title fly because they the you you're for, when the Comics Code Authority was around, you couldn't say things like horror or terror in comics like that. Right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they they explicitly banned those from the titles of books. Well, you you could say the words horror or terror. You, they just couldn't be on the cover of your mm-hmm. book. And these guys were like, well, they didn't explicitly ban suicide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, which which <laughs> to me seems a little bit worse. But but anyway, I just wanted to make that point uh, 
because <laughs> I thought that was funny. So, um, yeah, what did, what did we think of the first inaugural iteration of the Suicide Squad? Well, first, well, I gotta I wanna... say... Oh, go ahead, no. <laughs> First, I wanted to draw attention to how it was written in terms of every box had kind of the speech or the, the text box above mm -hmm. it. Every single panel had that. Yep. And I noticed, I noticed that as we were reading and I was like, I get what they're trying to do. But it, it, it almost to me, it felt like it, it was a distraction to a degree. Like, I felt like it was like, oh, you've got to read this or else you're not going to know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. One hundred percent. It well, it feels like if you went to a movie and the narrator never shut up, like the narrator was talking the entire time. You're like, that's perfect. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm watching that. You don't have to tell me. I'm, I'm watching it. <laughs> yeah, that you guys know, that was my point on uh when we were talking last week and that's probably what I was thinking of was this comic, but I'm just like, I don't know why they have to explain like everything. I mean, some, some, right. some things help. Sometimes the narrator helps, but overall it's just like, I can kind of see what's happening. <laughs> like I don't really need to read on top of like looking at the pictures. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, in this one, it's not like it's that complex. I think I could probably scroll through this and just look at the pictures and get a pretty good idea of what's going on in this book without reading anything. So yeah. the idea that we need both dialogue as well as narration is, uh, I, it's too much. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <clears throat> that being said, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought the story was really good. Um, I love the, the different introductions of kind of the characters, kind of, you know, how it was drawn. There are, the color palette was felt pretty all over the place but i kind of like that you know we we see pinks then we see greens then we see blues so to me it's just really all over the place but i really really enjoyed that because i was feeling like i was getting different things as we kind of went through the book which was nice yeah and they do the they do the the silver age and, and golden age thing of like we have specific colors that we can use and those are the colors we use and so there's like there's a limited number of colors but they certainly use them and they're all over the place. Yeah. Um, now, sometimes they get lazy and you get entire panels that are just painted <laughs> with one color. Um, yeah. But uh, but for the most part, yeah, color is pretty cool. Um, I I like the book. I it's it's one of those things where it's like it's Silver Age. So there's not there's not a lot going on. And it, it, it feels very feels very Silver Age to me in that it's not super fantastic or anything. Right. These are basically just normal folks. Like they're, they're normal folks doing normal stuff. Uh, the, really, the edgiest thing about this book is that it's called the Suicide Squad. Like other than that, it's just it's just a that's normal why the military comic code mission. Authority okayed it. Yeah, that's why well, yeah. they're like, yeah, they're not they're not suiciding themselves. We're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, like I'll tell you what I really liked about this book. My favorite thing about this book is, I mean, we have we have Colonel Rick Flag who kind of survives DC in this era and, and goes on to, to continue to be a character um, throughout the, these other three characters. They don't, they don't really continue <laughs> to, to live on. Um, but really all four of them just function as a team, right? Even Rick flag is not that memorable. It's, it's only the fact that they are the suicide squad that makes mm -hmm. this, this notable. And I think that's kind of cool. Uh, unlike the fantastic four that we read last week, where, they are certainly better as a team, but they're each individuals and they're and heroes in their own right. And then especially compared to something like the Justice League, where each of those heroes really is a hero in their own right. This is these people. Uh, they're basically just civilians with with regular jobs unless you throw them together and then they're the suicide squad. Well, I, <laughs> which is kind of a fun dynamic. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's not a, they tried to be edgy, but it's a silver age. You got the Comics Code Authority, basically saying that i mean so it's the silver age there really weren't even that many villains or super villains to begin with but there's just no way mm -hmm. that they could have super villains be in the story because one of the like major tenets of the comics code authority was that super villains can essentially never look good they always have to look bad and stupid and can never look good and um i mean that's what kind of the comics and the movies do is they try to make bad people look good so i, I you know they they couldn't really <laughs> they got away with about as much edge as they could you're right they're like it's the suicide squad um, but I do like their backstories a lot. I did think that was pretty cool. So 
like they couldn't use super villains like we um <clears throat> when you think of the suicide squad you immediately think of the villains but <clears throat> it's funny to think that since the first issue got started during the comics code authority they just couldn't have super villains but i thought they did a good job with the characters they did find i mean they're not necessarily memorable because all their backstories are basically the same but i think it's cool that they all feel <laughs> like they like since they almost died that they feel like that's why they feel expendable it's like instead of instead of amanda waller saying you're expendable it's like the, they've all said like i almost died i was with people who did die so it's like i feel like i'm expendable now Right. I mean, basically, we could retitle this comic Survivor's Remorse, right? <laughs> that's that's yeah. what this is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they they feel bad, basically, that they survived. I mean, it's, what, uh, it's a pretty accurate description. But but overall, I mean, I thought that was, um, it at least made, you know, it kind of made makes sense that that's one why it's called the Suicide Squad, is that these people have absolutely, you know, have no fear of death. So it's like they are going to go into missions that have 0.1% chance of survival. So, did you guys pick up on the fact that there were nine full page ads in this comic book? Oh, this comic book is all ads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what was one of them was like a pyramid scheme. It's like, well, <laughs> sell to oh, your yeah, friends. Yeah, that's right. Like, <laughs> it's like, like, please send me whatever, all of these things on trial yeah. so that I can sell yeah, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to sell 14 packages of white cloverine. <laughs> what go. is yeah. white cloverine who knows no idea no idea but i'm gonna sell it well yeah. it doesn't actually explain what white cloverine is it just says if you sell this we will give you these prizes mm. <laughs> like I, I it's white clovering salve guys oh that's funny i think we what got else different do you want ads. from me because <laughs> mine was uh mine was said uh it was like it was a bunch of like religious quotes on a small piece of paper it's and it says help sell these religious mottos that's so funny yeah <laughs> i didn't maybe there's another one in here yeah. i'm looking at the white clovering one but the uh i find it hard to believe that we we happen to find different ads in the uh in our books well oh I, yeah 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 so the one early on is sell these popular christian okay, mottos okay, I was, so I was yeah i'm concerned there because i didn't see the other one yeah, there's a one later on, right after oh, the ad about winning a trip to Disney. Uh, Walt Disney, Disney World. Yeah, the, the uh, there's the and it's got uh, a right bunch of like that. skates, guitars, record players. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, there's a thing in there where it says, "Yours free, genuine money from nations of the world." It's like what's actually funny. Here. What's actually funny is I think this is um, we've been seeing this trend since. The golden age. Some of those golden age issues had these ads that were like, you know, sell these to your friends, <laughs> sell your friends into slavery. Um, right. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and like <laughs> this is continued. Then right, we some of those issues we were reading were from the uh, like like the the late thirties, and we're like, oh yeah, it's been twenty years, but we still got still got plenty of kids to sell crap to. <laughs> these suckers. Yep. That's yeah, right. You still got the sissy guy ad. It's like, are you a sissy? <laughs> okay, so I looked that guy up. George that was so uh, Jowell. Funny. So the dude, you know, obviously he was a strong man, but he was also like a, a magazine writer and an author. <laughs> like that was what he did with like his actual time. Oh, no. George Jowell is, is he's like a. Uh, he's he's, he's like called a, the father of American weightlifting. Yeah, he he founded this big weightlifting institute. He I mean he did all kinds of stuff, um, yeah. and like his whole thing was he was kind of like the first big fitness celebrity, um, where he, and that, and this is how he did it. He sold ads in all kinds of comic books. Huh. That's funny. <laughs> you can be a chicken chested sissy. No, <laughs> but yeah, the words they used were was were funny. Incredible. <laughs> Chicken chested sissy is is a great insult. Yep. You can use that on anybody. I don't know what it means, but it it hurts. <laughs> yeah, you tired of being a skinny weirdo? Get you. <laughs> you tired of being a skinny weirdo? <laughs> I am tired of that. <laughs> wow, it knows me. That's why I'm reading a comic book. <laughs> That's right. That's right. After Come eight on, months, pal. Of, uh... give me ten pleasant minutes a day in your home. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. After eight that, months of George Jowell's lard treatment, I'm no longer skinny. Still a weirdo, though. Yep. Yeah, that doesn't go away. <laughs> they don't tell you that. <laughs> That's right. 
John Sill was a 125 pound weakling. Look at him now, a movie star, he man. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't oh, know. Man. The ads are the ads yeah. are great. <laughs> the ads that uh, no, I, loved, I don't. I loved all the Tootsie Roll ads. Yep. We, Cowboy. We need to just convert our podcast to just being all about ads. Well, I mean, comic book ads. It'd be a lot less funny though in the modern age. <laughs> I think. I don't know. I th- I'm sure it? you could pull out some gold ones. The thing is, we have no adver- well, I mean, we have no comic book expertise. But I, I'm not convinced anybody has any comic book expertise. But we really have no advertising expertise, and so <laughs> I think our our vintage advertising podcast uh, might not do so well. <laughs> Especially considering most of the ads we would be discussing visual ads. That is true. <laughs> it brings up a good point. That's fair. But you know what? Uh, what we can talk about is the comics. Okay, yeah. go on. Yoni Tell me about a comic we should talk about, Stephen. Yeah, <laughs> let's get back to uh, let's get back to the squadron here of uh, suicidal maniacs. <laughs> the squadron well, I... of suicidal maniacs. <laughs> That's a new comic. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be my spinoff. Um, so you could sing the anime animaniacs theme song to that. We are the squad of maniacs, huh? I like yeah. it. You yeah. can do it. Yep. Anyway, so. Let's talk about who so they there, fought here. There's a wave, right? Yeah. There's a wave. This is the first, the first instance of the wave, which, of course, <laughs> makes appearances in all of our major stadiums. <laughs> Gets us, yeah, yeah, that's they, how they got their name is from this. Are you – I mean, can we talk about – are you kidding me that this comic book comes out in 1959 and the whole first half of the issue is about the red wave? <laughs> 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 I, you know, that's funny. I did did not even think about that. I didn't make that connection. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming, the terror. <laughs> Communism. <clears throat> yeah, it's That's like, why they got away with the name the Suicide Squad, because they were uh we're gonna we're gonna fight yeah, communism. Yeah, fighting comedy, so they need, they could do whatever they want at that point. I it feels like the way the Comics Code Authority works, you could put anything that's anti communism in your books. And they would be patting you on the back. <laughs> so, I re- because of that, I don't think this was an anti-communist sentiment. I, I I really just think I really do think it's just a coincidence that they were like, oh yeah, it's a red wave because like hot. literally it's a red wave. Yeah. But I did think it was funny. Like, like we're we're in the middle of the red scare and they're like they're like yeah, <laughs> and they could fight against the red wave. <laughs> I mean that you know there could be something here though like. Cause, cause, talk about the the golden age comics, right? You know, we saw a lot of the the American propaganda, right? You know, it was very, yeah, pro America. I mean, we saw it with the Batman, or we saw it with Superman. We saw it with the Captain America, very pro. You know, go stop Nazis. Comic books have been propaganda for decades. I I don't think it's that much of a stretch to think that hey, maybe they were doing some sort of subliminal propaganda piece here oh yeah did you finish reading this issue and immediately want a cigarette too <laughs> always <laughs> <laughs> yep read my mind well after after i you know did the 10 minutes a day for for our boy george of course that's right gotta love it <laughs> but but i do think you know going going back to the comic right i think i i think obviously you know we're talking this red wave we're talking really just kind of how it how it evolves i i think there might be something there I, you know i'm just i'm just saying you might be onto something graham so so the book starts with one i i love the the mention of the polar bear club oh yeah which, <laughs> yeah. Like, that was like, funny. that's kind of fun yeah like and it's, it's three of them right water. yeah <laughs> there's, there's three of them two men and a woman in the ocean just being cold and swimming and then they're like let's go back in because my breath is freezing and then suddenly apparently just like a boiling hot wave comes towards them yeah, yeah. they did, they hadn't quite perfected plot points yet at uh, the silver age <laughs> like they don't, like things just kind of oh, happen you're you're exactly right this this comic book read to me like a powerpoint presentation <laughs> Like they're just like, like no you were like you're like they were like polar bear club, red wave, <laughs> suicide squad, <laughs> ice dragon. <laughs> what? 
Yep. Never mind. Not an ice dragon. Hit him with salt. Green. He eats green. He eats green now. That's what he does. Scary. What do we do? Yeah, Rocket to the moon. Turn it into Godzilla is what happens. <laughs> yeah. They turn him into Godzilla. They take him to the moon. But wait, we can't put him on the moon. Let's throw him not into the sun, just just around. The, we'll put him in into orbit around the sun. That'll be fine. Next issue. How does the Suicide Squad get home? <laughs> we don't ask those questions back then. <laughs> but yeah, well, and then also it's like it's it, it really does feel like a like a PowerPoint presentation where like somebody got lazy and they're like, we need to fill this thing out. Let's do basically four of the same slide. So what's Rick Flagg's backstory? Well, he was in a squadron and he was the young guy in the squadron. So everybody else went first and they died and it was all up to him and he didn't die. He escaped. So now he feels responsible for the deaths of the other people in his squad. He has and to so avenge he's, them. He's willing to risk his life because he sees yeah. the value of sacrificing yourself uh, for the good of your country. Okay, and um, and Karen, her what's her backstory? Well, she was a nurse, and everybody around her died, and now she feels responsible, um, and so she's willing to sacrifice herself for the good of her country. So it's like it's like okay, that that sounds that sounds similar to Rick, but but okay, what's uh, how about how about Jess? What's his story? Oh no, we're just gonna put Jess and Doc Evans at the same time. Why? Because we're lazy. That's why. And uh, their story is they were testing nuclear weapons, right? And the, the nuke went off too early. Luckily, their Jeep, like, what, they had, like, a flat or was out of gas or something? Whatever. They were slow yeah. getting there. They were late. The bomb goes off. It, like, wrecks their entire group, not killing them, but their entire group is, like, alive but irradiated. And they're like, it's too late for us. You're going to irradiate yourselves if you come closer. Just just live on for us. And they say, we will. Uh, and so then they feel like they should sacrifice themselves for their country. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's just like things I like about this issue. Rick has a cool backstory. Things I don't like about the story. Everybody else has the same backstory. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> like, I think Rick is a cool character. And, and he was, uh, I mean, he was, well, the first Suicide Squad was was pretty bad. But the second one, then, he was pretty cool. Like, I think Rick Flagg is a cool character. So I think, like, it's good to have a good backstory for him. It's just, yeah, don't repeat the same thing three times to cheapen it. Right. Well, <laughs> to, to, to go on that, right, you know, not only don't repeat the same thing three times to cheapen it, but it's just, it's it's boring. Like, well, you yeah. know, people sit there and read it and they're like, okay, I've heard this four times already. I don't, I, you know, is, is this their whole thing is that they are, are all doing this. This is why they're together. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's not, it, it gets boring and it, it, causes the book to be stale my my favorite part though is when karen is talking to uh, not my favorite part but like when karen is just, like talking to rick is basically like i love you and he's like not nah, now nah, the country needs me like yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he says the country yeah. needs me and then and then she's like no rick later she's like no rick really i love you and he's like yeah but jess and doc evans also love you so we can't risk ruining the team i know <laughs> <laughs> it was just so ice cold. It was funny. Just, I mean, it's it's. I if I dated it. you, then Jess and Doctor Evans might get jealous of that, and and then we wouldn't have a Suicide Squad. And what would we do then? Yeah. So <laughs> the Suicide Squad is my favorite uh, uh, team up comic for, for a lot of reasons, but it is very all over the place. I mean, there's some runs of it that are just so bad, and then there was the move, the first movie that was bad, and the second movie was really good. So it's just. It's just a real roller coaster, but it's just funny to me to see. I just like seeing some of the similarities and some of the things that carry through. Like even even in the first movie, which was awful, um, Colonel Rick Flag is so dedicated. Like he's just constantly dedicated, and I don't think they give him good enough backstory in really either of the movies. So I did like this comic book. To me, wasn't it wasn't my favorite. Like I said, some of the Suicide Squad stuff is just not very good, and you just have to accept that uh, being a fan. But um, like overall, yeah, this comic wasn't my favorite, but I do like Rick Flag, and I do like some of the stuff and some of the similarities that they were able to to kind of keep going. Okay, so I wanted to ask a question, um, and it's kind of related. It's it's kind of related adjacent. Did you notice on every page it had like the DC circle, mm -hmm. um, and it said Superman National Comics or whatever? Do we know why that showed up on every page in the top left and top right corners? It might have been some like I, I, is, extra copy. Are you quizzing us, or are you just asking? 
No, I, I'm genuinely asking. I, I it's did, probably I didn't like an if... ultra copyright thing. Like you can't like every page of this comic is also copywritten. Like you can't steal any of this mm. until they. Like, yeah, I, I, ma- I imagine it was just a trend at the time where they like had a uh, they had a template for their pages and their pages were stamped with the with the DC logo on them. Um, gotcha. Which that's that's the whole thing is that they. Um, they wanted to make it clear that DC and National Comics and Superman were all one entity. That was the that was the idea in the Silver Age. Make sure you know all of those characters that you love. They're under our roof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just good reminder. No, that's fair. I just didn't know if you guys actually knew what the reasoning might have been. Yeah, I think it's part of advertising, so. part ultra copyright. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. Huh. Um. Yeah. So kind of just talking about some of the similarities between the old and new Suicide Squad. It is, I do like, so this, without going over all, the whole plot, I mean, the plot is incredibly simple. So, you know, it's like the first yeah. part, there's the red wave uh, that they, so it's a really yeah, hot sure. wave and they can't put it out with water. So then the Suicide Squad comes in and drops like an absolute zero bomb on it. And, but what I do love about this. They don't really explain is that they're just like, oh, yeah, we have an especially good air conditioner on board. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> absolute zero has never been achieved, but these guys have figured it out on their flying laboratory. I mean, that's, right. that's kind of why comics got such a cheesy rap is because they would in their creation really just not, you know, at least now it's like if you're trying to pull something that in a comic, you get ridicule, ridiculed. You at least have to explain how things could be possible. But, um, so yeah, like you get the first phase, the first wave of terror. What is it? They say three waves of terror is how they describe the book. But so the first is the red wave of the heat. So then they drop the absolute zero bomb on it. And then they find out that there's actually like a space monster trapped inside, which is basically like a Godzilla, which was hugely popular in the 50s. So that's, you know, that's, you know, probably yeah, you why they include on, that. Play on what's popular. Yeah. yeah. And so then uh, that's when they strap it to the moon and, and send it flying away. But what I do like is how that does kind of follow like an actually good Suicide Squad story, which is where they like are sent in to solve a problem and then they accidentally make things worse and then end up solving the even bigger problem. So it's just like the spirit of the, the comic kind of continues, even though it's they can't have supervillains in it and it's got to be just basically four of the same people on the same team. <laughs> so it's just. I don't know. Do you do you think it has that same because I, I don't get that spirit because that's kind of the the Suicide Squad spirit. You're right. It is nowadays. It's like these people are, you know, some of them are, are legitimately bad people, but they're, some yeah, of them criminals like like but some of them are, are, are not necessarily bad people, but they're they're flawed people, all of them. And so that's where we get like these people are flawed. And so they don't always handle the uh, the task exactly the way you would want them to. But they always get the job done. And that's that's not what I get from this group at all. I get this group is this group feels very professional to me. They're like, okay, the wave is really hot. What do we do? Absolute zero. And that stops the wave from being super hot. But what happens? Well, the wave turns out to be an ice dragon and why it does. Who knows? But it's an ice dragon. (laughs) And so like now this ice dragon is freezing stuff. Oh, no. What do we do? Let's heat it up. Well, that didn't work. What do we do next? Salt salt works but for some reason it turns him into a, a a monster who's absorbing all of the chlorophyll i mean i i pos- i couldn't possibly have anticipated that i can't imagine that these four people who again they're not superheroes they're just folks who work for the military and they were like how could we not anticipate that an ice dragon would turn into a chlorophyll dragon and you're like nobody could have anticipated that and then they fly it to the moon. I mean, I, they yeah, but, feel pretty capable to me, that's, that's, even that's despite very... like all of these constantly changing whatever. Whereas normally when we look, when we talk about the modern Suicide Squad, normally because the reason they have to keep redoing the plan is because one of them screws up. It's not because like the situation keeps changing. The situation is changing because of them. In this first instance, it's just the situation is wacky. And these these people are trying their best. They're like like Colonel Rick Flagg is like I'm a colonel, and I just right. I'm trying my best. But well, that's what he does in the movies too. And that like he is still the he still does try to keep everybody on task. And they do start off relatively professional. <laughs> I I don't know. I Rick Flagg in the in the movie and especially in like the the modern instances of Suicide Squad, he always feels like he's like 
trying to wrangle monkeys or something where he's like yeah, he's like is. the only guy there who has yeah. any sort of competency and he like, he knows everybody else there is like strong and like can do stuff but he's also like i need you guys to work as a team and they just won't um they're kind of the the anti-fantastic four um yeah. in modern day and these people don't feel like the anti-fantastic four to me they just feel like the fantastic four without powers well i mean they're not uh so again, since I couldn't get away with supervillains, like everybody, when, when the Comics Code Authority came out, their only choice was to have people who were upstanding. I mean, you couldn't even, I don't even think you could have somebody like, the concept of an anti-hero wouldn't exist to have somebody who's like pretty good, but at least rough around the edges. You just, so you had to have like in a team up, you had to have clear cut people. And like you said, the edgiest thing they got away with was their name, but I feel like that's all they were allowed to get away with. So with that in mind, well, that's, I think, that's how I think it follows the spirit. What were you going to say? Well, and what I, I was going to say, you know, you, we've talked about, you know, following the spirit or whatever. But I also think that <clears throat> the modern Suicide Squad, Graham, you mentioned it. It's, you know, they're all bad people, you know, or like at least very troubled people. Um, and because of the Comic Code Authority, like we've been able to see that shift from just random ordinary citizens i think so i think that that's what's made it i don't want to say better but it's made it different to give us different things to work with whereas back then you you absolutely couldn't make a criminal look like a good person you know you had to play by their rules and so you couldn't have well you couldn't have harley quinn you know doing all the stuff she does now and then be part of this superhero team where she's a where she's a, a good good guy. You know, at least by their standards of the fifties. Not saying that she's not a good well, guy. Well no, I know what you're saying. But that. like so yeah, like in basically it's like the they were trying to create as edgy of a comic as they could. They're like, we want you know, like, you know, they because the modern comics, like they're not even they're people who are serving life sentences because they are, you know, deemed bad people. So they do, uh, you know, they're, they're people that are basically like serving so many life sentences that like it's basically like a death sentence to send them on these missions. So the only way they can get them to do it now is to put, you know, bombs in their head. But none of that would have flown. So back in the 50s. So that's why it's all chaotic and fun now is because they couldn't get away with it. But it's to me, it was like the reason it felt like it was in the same spirit is because it's like, you know, you're like basically saying, hey, you want to create a team of edgy characters that you know, you're called the Suicide Squad that have no problem dying, but there's this thing called the Comics Code Authority, and so it's that you're basically you're essentially telling someone you have to create like the worst angelic people you can come up with, and so it's just like it was probably really hard for them to come up with something that would resemble the modern Suicide Squad. But I can mm -hmm. still though feel after reading this, I could at least feel how it was able to continue like this because, you know, like I don't know what happened in the Suicide Squad. I just you know, in the, you know, Silver Age after, because there's a, they're in the Brave and the Bold a few times. And then I don't know what they did until the 80s when they came back out and they were allowed to be, you know, a lot more hardcore in the 80s. And then that's when all the brain bombs and things started. But I can, I can still see how this comic led to that at least. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, that's fair. But, but as Graham said, it's now it's Rick Flag is kind of just trying to <laughs> yeah, wrangle a bunch of people up who are I mean, they're smart. They could solve the problems as as well as these guys did. But the problem is, is that they just don't have any like reason to do good. Like they're not going to do <laughs> they're not going to do good for the sake of doing good. So it is kind of like right. wrangling like a, a pack of like wild monkeys because it's like they're going to they're smart enough to do what they want. <laughs> but at least, uh, you know, at least they have the brain bombs in their head. Yeah, well, that's I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's it's like we have these these rabid beasts that we we know they have skills. We just need to find a way to direct them. And and one of those ways is bombs in their heads. And the other way is Rick Flag. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Whereas this it feels like we've got Rick Flag and he's like, you know, he's he's very much the leader type, but he's not wrangling anything. He's just the guy flying the plane, right? Like, just like, yeah. like Karen, Karen's in love with them. So of course she's going to do what he says. And then like, like Jess and Dr. Evans, they really, they don't experience any sort of rebellion at all. They, they're happy to sit in the back of the van. And like, I mean, they, they are the Scooby-Doo and Shaggy 
to uh, Rick Flag's Fred, where they sit in the back of the van and they just like they they do weird stuff. Um. <laughs> Got some Scooby snacks, but uh, right. um, I, I think I see what I think I see what the issue is here and why we don't see it eye to eye. It's just I think I've read a lot more Suicide Squad comics, so there's like little things that I'm looking at that are like, oh, that's the same. So because you mentioned Karen being in love with Colonel Rick Flag and Rick Flag's like, no, the job comes first. That always happens in the comics. And like a lot of the series, some one of the team members of the Suicide Squad will fall in love with Rick, but he's like, no, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Duty comes first. Yeah, well, that, that's that's always his thing. Yeah, well, I, I'm not saying there aren't things. I'm just saying like the vibe has changed. Yes. <laughs> like, 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 yes, there, there are elements, but this doesn't if I was reading this, this doesn't feel like the suicide squad to me well, we'll probably um, have. based off the suicide squad we know yeah. today yeah 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 yeah, yeah. well it's just, it's it's just you know it's hard to see maybe i'm just trying too hard to like see the gap but it's just like i think what might have happened was in the 80s is that's when i know graham talks about like the dark age of comics and that but i think things in the 80s were just like let's be edgy and i know like edgy was something that was popular even in the early 2000s but i feel like in the 80s they're like let's be hardcore and like rebellious that's what i want to say rebellious that was a very rebellious time. well so somebody had, well i was just gonna say go ahead steven finish finish your thought. i was gonna say someone probably at dc was just like you know we've got these you know young gun writers in the 80s here's a comic called the suicide squad that we want to reboot and you know it's got the name suicide squad in it and they probably read it and we're like okay i know what we can do here instead of having these people in here let's just put it as super villains who people want to die not just people who aren't afraid of dying but like since it's the 80s we got to make it edgy and have people who we want to die on this mission well well and i, I was gonna say you know it's this feels more i'm trying to think how i want to say it it almost feels based off of what we know of stuff for today it almost feels closer to like an avengers adjacent than modern suicide suicide squad adjacent because it feels like it's these these people who just have these remark this you know remarkable intelligence whatever they're they're common people and and i know that you know the avengers it's you know man out of time with captain america you've got ant man you you know but I feel like the parallel is a little bit more there where it's these intelligent people versus the modern suicide squad where it's criminals or, you know, villains or, you know, bad people, whatever. That's, that's kind of where my mind initially goes, especially Avengers from, well, from the golden age, because a lot more of that was so much closer to what, what we're kind of seeing here. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. That's, this is, because I, I agree, especially early Avengers, it felt like they were bringing together, with the exception of the Hulk, it felt like they were bringing together people who were pretty capable. And that's mm -hmm. what this feels like, is it feels like bringing together people who are capable in their own stuff and bringing them together in a team that is, if not super cohesive, pretty cohesive, at least in this first issue. Yeah, fair. Um, yeah, I mean... There definitely is. There's a lot of things, trademarks of the Suicide Squad now that are not present in, in this comic that definitely make it feel different. This this comic to me, like, like no Amanda Waller. I know like, that's... she's definitely my favorite. She's one of my favorite villains. She's <laughs> she's such a complex well, character. That's one. Of, I think that's one of the big ones is that other than receiving a call at the beginning of this issue to like, hey, Task Force X, we need you. <laughs> we don't see the suicide squad being controlled by anyone. No, right. Like they, 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 they like get called in. And then at the end, actually the government bows to them. The government is like, is like, Oh, you need the rocket. Well, it's not quite ready for human trials. And Rick flag is like, damn the trials. Let's go. And they're like, okay, let's go. Um, <laughs> which can you, Amanda, imagine Amanda Waller being like, yeah, go ahead and launch that rocket. No way. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's so calculated. <laughs> She's just like an evil version of Batman where she even her backup plans have a backup plan. <laughs> um, definitely, that's that's a huge thing that I would say makes the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad is is Amanda Waller. Definitely Rick Flagg, although um, I don't know if I can spoil the movie from last year. I don't know how long spoilers are good for. 
we'll, we'll put a disclaimer. I, I think you can I, you can I, ruin I, it. All right. Well, it came out last year. Yeah. So we all know Rick Flag dies. So that'll be interesting to see how they. What, first dude? Speed. Spoilers. Come on, man. Yeah. Because they're definitely <laughs> going to continue the movie, so it'll be interesting. Because to me, he is an important part of uh, of the squad because he is. <laughs> he's just like this regular guy who's trying to do good for the country and right super dedicated and you know he seems kind of nerdy in the movies but once you read some more comics he gets, i think he's pretty cool um no that's that, i'm excited yeah, well, to I, see kind of what they do with it well i wanted to say that it's the uh, rick flag here and really every instance that i've i've read rick flag and i've seen him that's the uh he reminds me a lot of the uh the gi joes mm-hmm. in like the uh, in like the 80s where he's like just he's a soldier but he's so cool. Yeah. Right. Like, like he's a soldier who's like doing all kinds of cool stuff. He's flying planes. Mm-hmm. He's on the ground. He's got great combat capabilities. He's, you know, a leader. He's just a badass yeah. all in all. Um, and so the, uh, the, the idea that like Rick flag is cool. I, I don't think it's hard to sell. I think the, uh, the fact that the, the GI Joe thing, especially in the eighties was, was so big is a, mm-hmm. uh, it's a pretty good indication that Rick flag sells. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, and, I, and, and uh, to kind of piggyback off that, you saw the 80s become a lot of that, not a, a kind of that pro-military, that guerrilla warfare warrior, because we saw stuff like Rambo, mm-hmm. we saw Top Gun, you know, so we saw G.I. Joe, we saw all those things kind of come out. So it made sense for Rick Flagg to have that, to be that. And uh, and you could you could make a lot of money from that. So they they went with what what sold and it worked. Yeah, I agree. Although uh, although my co-host will disagree with me, I think that this one at least could serve as the blueprint for the modern uh, <laughs> Suicide Squad, just under the heavy hand of the Comics Code Authority. I think if this had been the Golden Age that it came out and they were allowed to get away with stuff, I thought I think it would have been a lot. Uh, I think they wouldn't have just had these four straight laced military guys be on the team. I think they would have would have had some edgier people on the team. But <laughs> I'll leave that aside and I'll just write in the transcript that you guys were wrong and I was right. No, I don't I don't want to go I'll just post it after that... you edit it that that I was I right go... and you were wrong. I don't want to go too far off your off your plan here, Steven, for the for the for our episode, but um I think that's an interesting point to go with. Um, what what do you think if this comic were same characters, right? You, you can't add any new characters. But if this comic is written in the golden age, how is it different than than the Silver Age version? How do I think? <clears throat> how do I think of which? Yeah, well, I, I'd, I'd like to go around, but okay. you can start. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not as familiar with with golden age heroes. But if I if this were to be a golden age team, I mean, I, I'd. Well, be Golden Age. We've got to go back in time a little bit farther. So they'd almost certainly have to be going into World War II territory. Um, <clears throat> what I think would be different about it, they I mean they'd probably still. I don't know if they would include people with superpowers. That's that's the thing, though. I don't know if this comic in this in this way works because they don't have powers and they just figure out how to do figure things out with their brain. But I do think it would at least have people who were former criminals maybe you know like in the u.s like they we would send our prisoners over i I think that's something that could entirely happen so i think i think that's how it'd be different so instead of having you know four i still think you'd have a rick flag type i think he'd be the only one with the backstory he you know died almost died trying to serve his country except then you'd have to go back in time to world war one is where he would die almost died and so i think he would still be like the experienced season leader but i think they would just take three criminals over and offer him a chance for reform. Say, you know, you solved this mission, we'll let you go. And then while well, well over there, of course, they'd be fighting Hitler's war machine and would accidentally discover that that he'd have some sort of like secret weapon. That's what I would What about think. you, Alex? Is, this is written in the golden age. How is it different? I, I think to piggyback off of Stephen's point about it, kind of touching on World War Two, I, I think that we would have seen a little bit of more aggression towards Nazis and Hitler. Um, it would have been a, a mission to go search out Hitler um, or to, to stop Nazis. Um, so I, I think that that's a big part of it. I think that 
it was probably good it wasn't written like then or written back then because you do that who are you copying very similar to captain america very similar to or captain america and the howling commandos that's that i mean that's what you that's the territory you would have gone into um now that being and especially if they'd given anybody some kind of a superpower you know whether it be a, a strength serum you know whatever so i think i think that that would have been the territory they would have wandered into and i don't think it would have been bad i just that would have it would have drawn those comparisons yeah so i i think if you put this story in the golden age right remembering that the golden age wasn't it, it was certainly edgier than the silver age but it's not as edgy as 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 like when we get into like the dark age and when we talk about the eight, the late 80s into the 90s it, it's not not that edgy yet and you're right it's the golden age i don't i don't know that these guys would have superpowers in the golden age um i mean superpowers certainly existed they they were there we we know we we read the superman book um but i don't think these guys would have had super i think this would have been a pretty straightforward war piece and i think i think alex is right i think it would be a lot like captain america um i think where you where it differs with a name like suicide squad these are guys who are probably doing a little more spy stuff and, right like like they're they're kind of infiltrating they're but 100 they're against the nazis um and and I, I think we we do still see the kind of the tech angle that we've got here if you keep the characters the same really i i think the edgiest thing we would see is that this group would I, I, one, I think they would get more orders than we see rather than just the like send in tax force X. I think we would see more orders throughout. And I think we would see the group disobey those orders. I think that's as edgy as we would get is yeah. the group would disobey their orders more often. And I think yeah. some of them would not make it back. At least one person wouldn't make it back once in a while. Yeah, but it's the golden age. So the person wouldn't make it back. And then they would come back like in, you know, 10 issues later in some <laughs> weird way. <laughs> well, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that's kind of stuff happens now. Even people people die all the time. Uh, <laughs> but I think they would at least have edgier people. I just don't think they would all be this upstanding military type. Like I think they would all like have some some kind of you know more I don't know I, desirable members I think, of society. I think you're right. I think what they would have done. I oh, I don't know if they would be less desirable members of society. I think what they would have done in the golden age is they would have made. They would have given given Rick Flag a backstory, and I think they would would have developed it even more. And then I think they kind of would have left the other three out there. They've been like, yeah, and and also there's these other three people with them. And you're like, okay, yeah. I guess. And the whole point being that like you know we're gonna kill off at least one of these people, so don't get too attached. We're not gonna write a backstory for these guys. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. but I I really I I based on what we've read in the Golden Age and based on what I've I've read in the Golden Age. I don't really think that it, it that was a time when we would get kind of the less desirable people on this team even. Like I I really don't see Golden Age Suicide Squad being a team of like prisoners or anything like that. Like right. I, I think they they would be a team of like military rogues, teams <laughs> who would, like a team that would go against their orders. But I, I don't think they would get much edgier than that. But it but they would go against the orders, but it would always work out. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't work right, out you the know, first time. That's that's like a the, one of the reasons I think a lot of Suicide Squad squads have similar. And it's not just specific to them. A lot of teams will like go into an issue and accidentally create a new one. But um, that being said, that's like a trademark. Is they they like almost make things worse. And as Graham well, said, I wasn't talking about them doing it as a team. I was talking about they disobey orders just in general from their from their outpost. But in doing so, they always come out the good guy individually because the comic code authority doesn't want to make those guys look bad because they're pro-military or, but if know, it was the golden representing age, the country I, but if it was the golden age i mean i think i don't know well we well we saw that with the cops not even looking bad yeah in the golden age you know like they're they're not going to make the especially during world war ii they're not going to make military guys look bad yeah that's probably true especially u.s soldiers yeah that's a good point. At least that's, I don't know. that's I, kind of my thought. I, I mean, we, we talk about the Comics Code Authority. They came in and they said, basically, you can't... I mean, one of the big things about the Comics Code Authority is it, is it derives after this what psychologist guy writes a book that claims mm-hmm. that 
comic books contribute to truancy is the big thing that he's claiming. <laughs> and so one of the things that, that the Comics Code Authority, in order to eliminate truancy, they said you can't make authority figures look bad, which I don't know what they were thinking. Like, I, have you ever met a kid? Like this is not. You're like, oh yeah. As, as long as we, as long as we make authority figures in comic books look good, kids won't be truants anymore. It, it doesn't make any sense. But, <laughs> but I, I, that I think that's the difference. Is that the Silver Age? You're not going to see these guys question authority. I think in the Golden Age, we would see more questioning of authority. Yeah. I think that's the big difference. Yeah, we might not see criminals, but either way, I do think, um, I do think that the it still contains like a certain spirit within it of these these people in this case they willingly look down death and in case of modern suicide squad they have no choice but but either way i um i mean i have to agree with you guys this comic isn't like the best written it's just it's a silver age and even though we we got some good you know we got the fantastic four and that was i mean still cheesy but at least had some better plot points than that overall I mean, this isn't, like I said, with the Suicide Squad, a lot of them are hit or miss, but I really like the modern ones, so I just wanted to kind of chance to see see from the beginning and see how we kind of... Yeah. Well, and I don't I don't think this, unlike you, I don't think this, this has the vibes of the new Suicide <laughs> Squad, but I think Alex is right. If this had come out in the Golden Age, it would have died out because it would have been too similar to the Captain America stuff that Marvel was doing. And and it, it it would have died out. The difference of this coming out in the Silver Age and it be having to be kind of goofy because how else are you going to sell books? Meant that writers in the '80s were able to go. You remember that Suicide Squad that was you know existed back in the Silver Age and we read as kids and we like it was goofy. What if we took that and did something with that? Like it feels like that yeah, concept. Kind of a team saying, who. Yeah who puts their lives on the line seems like that concept is worthy of reinvention. So I think that's great. It's great that this came out in the silver age because I don't think we would get the modern, really cool version had it not. And I wanted to add something here. Um, You know, this came out obviously during the silver age. There's another superhero team that came out during the silver age as well. That is very beloved and very, very kind of wacky, zany Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that that was another one that was able that had it come out at a different time. I don't think it's as successful. Even then, when it when it came out, it was not successful. It, it was only recently revived for like for the MCU, and then people fell in love with it. I had no and idea. They started reprinting comics. <laughs> Silver Age. Yeah, it but, came well, out. In, I believe sixty eight, sixty nine. But there's there's a lot of comics like that where like it, they came out in this kind of zany Silver Age time where creativity was important because you had to live within this Comics Code Authority. So we got to be wacky. Mm-hmm. That's that's the only way we're going to stand out because we can't be edgy. We got to be wacky. Um, right. And and I think a lot of people read those books as kids and then fell in love with them because of their wackiness. And so then we see kind of that. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy came back with a little more substance than it had originally, but also plenty of zany. And that's I, I think that's that's kind of the cool thing about the Silver Age, despite the the attempted censorship of the the Comics Code Authority. I think it forced some of the wackiness out of comic books and and some of that wackiness, you know, has bled into today. And, and it really makes book. I talked about that do a power bomb in our in our little intro and um that's certainly plenty of wackiness in that book, but also plenty of heart. And I think that's what the Silver Age trained comic books and 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 modern comic writers even to do. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And that's kind of that's why I like doing these old comics is because then you get to see what laid the groundwork. And that's kind of what I was trying to say is that I, this comic to me, the reason it feels like it's the vibe is because I just feel like whoever wrote it in the 80s had experienced at least this comic and was able to kind of capture the spirit, but they're like, it's the eighties and they can get away with a lot more. And and then they can actually create a compelling story because honestly, I can't, I don't remember how many, how long this one ran, ran for. I've read a lot of them from the silver age and um, the ones that are after are probably worse in quality. <laughs> so I don't recommend continuing <laughs> it. I mean, there's this one where like a giant caterpillar or something attacks the Eiffel tower and then it's like drop a net on it. <laughs> I'm just, so it's, it's pretty rough, but uh, you know, I, I'm glad that uh, they were able to revive it um, in the eighties and then uh, 
like in my uh and then in my opinion it's become like one of the highlights of modern dc i think uh where dc's kind of struggled with some of their their justice league stuff i think they've had a lot more success with i mean the first suicide squad was awful for a lot of um <laughs> like administrative reasons and people getting fired and stuff but sure. Once they finally got together with James Gunn, I feel like the Suicide Squad's become like an actual like, highlight of the DC again. So I like uh, I like the series. So I'm glad that it it survived the the rough start. That's right, and that's that's kind of the thing. Despite its name, the Suicide Squad always seems to survive. <laughs> Not in the new movie with James Gunn. That one actually was accurate to the story. So many Whoa, people man, die spoilers. in those comics. Like so many people yeah. die in those. Like when, <laughs> the, that's the kind of the, the 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 way the Suicide Squad works, though. In, in especially modern version, is that the squad continues despite the membership <laughs> yeah. changing. Yeah. The squad continues, um, and so uh, so yeah. I think uh, I think in that spirit, our squad should continue our Silver Age exploration into next week, which will which will be our, our last comic of the Silver Age ever if i have anything to say about it um and uh, we're gonna finish off uh with alex's second book alex take us into next week next week we are diving into tales of suspense number 58 this is a book that features iron man but also it is kind of the reappearance of captain america so we're I'm, i'm excited to read this one um Written by Stan Lee, artist Don Heck, colorist Dick Ayers. Chameleon tricks Iron Man into attacking Captain America, and they fight until the misunderstanding is discovered. Uh, Craven the Hunter appears. This is his second appearance. Giant Man and Wasp both appear. Um, The Watcher must die. An alien warlord attacks the Watcher and is instantly destroyed by accelerated aging. So, a lot going on in this one, and I'm excited for you guys to kind of dive into this. Sounds one. like a busy comic. I look forward to it. It's great. It's There's great. A lot going on, yeah. <laughs> well, we know how the Silver Age yeah. uh, handles plots. They just move right along. So, I'll <laughs> just go from one thing that's to right. Another. Yeah, it sounds like there's at least a couple of stories in this one. So, I, that's yeah. that's the one thing I'll miss is that the um, you know, modern comics don't tend to have these books that Multi-stories. have a variety of stories in it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's that's one thing I'll miss about the the silver and the golden age. So excited to read about tales of suspense number fifty eight, um, and what we're going to be finishing off our, our our silver age exploration next week. Do you guys have any parting thoughts before we leave? Let's uh, let's form a, a squad that unalives the unalive. Um, I don't know. There's no. Uh... There's no Group. good alliteration or, <laughs> or substitute word Un- here. The, the, unit, the unalived yeah, the unit. Undead unit. There we go. There we go. Yeah, the unalived unit. I like it. I had to think for a minute. I'm like, wait a minute. All right. Well, you uh, can you tell him? Can you tell I'm sick and can, my brain doesn't work? I mean, it doesn't. Alex work anyway, is high on cold medicine, so I'll just say, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun reading these uh, Silver Age comics. They might be cheesy, but. Um, it's kind of fun to see where these characters get their starts. Yeah, I mean, Silver Ages, uh, this has been a really good kind of era to learn a little bit more comic history and to kind of see where we were to where we are now. So, And at the point this is coming out, it'll be just a few days until Christmas. So Merry Christmas to all our followers. Happy Holidays. Uh, we hope you're enjoying that time. We hope you're reading a lot of comic books. Uh, but not my comic books, okay? They're mine. Stop touching them. Jeez. <laughs> In any case, um, don't don't follow us on Twitter. It's burning down. It's it's just the worst. Um, so it's don't, literally don't, the worst. Don't follow us there. Follow us on Instagram at Make My Paper Gag. Um, we're not going to post there. Paper gag. You should follow us anyway. <laughs> um, you follow us wherever you want. Actually, um, follow us in your heart. <laughs> Follow us in your heart. Follow us in your mind. Follow um, us on the street. Don't do that. Some tangible follows follow us. Follow Alex on the though. street. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So Stephen needs to see the numbers. Yep, Make Stephen see the numbers. I need to crunch the numbers. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead and uh, and follow us on Instagram. If you insist on following us on Twitter, we're at Make My Paperback. Both places. Uh, if you want to continue following Alex while Twitter burns to the ground, that's at Ashier90. Uh, if you want to follow me, 
I don't know why you would. I've tweeted my last tweet. It's hashtag butts. Uh, but go ahead and follow me at Graham underscore Giles uh, if you want to see hashtag butts. Um, not, not if you want to see hashtag butts, but if you want to see literally quote unquote hashtag butts. Uh, that being said, we hope that you've enjoyed the holiday season. Uh, we hope you enjoy the Silver Age comics in the city or in the in the in the country, wherever you are. Enjoy your comics. Uh, regardless of, of whether it's Silver Age even. You know, Silver Age, Golden Age uh, means so much more when you see um, the uh, decorations on your Christmas bush is uh, what I think the song goes. Anyway, we hope that you have your own Christmas bush. Um, we hope that if you don't want a Christmas bush, that you um, invest in some sort of shaving material. Uh, if you want to sponsor us, uh, go ahead and uh, and contact us. Let we us want money. Let, let us know any any ads we can do. I'd be happy to instruct people to shave their Christmas bush with your particular razor. Uh, in any case, we hope that you um, send us money. Uh, we hope that you just intuit like where to send that money because we're not going to give you an address. That's uh, that's how we roll here. Uh, we hope that you enjoy whatever's going on where you're at. Really, we thank you for, for listening to the show. We thank you for tuning in. And uh, we, we hope you have a good holiday season. We hope you go to your local comic shop. We hope you approach the counter and tell the person at the counter, make my paperback. We'll see you next week. Bye.